Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Partnership for the Arts, where we talk art. I am your host, Dave, and I want to make sure that we uh, introduce your new co-host. That's Judy Grover. Judy is now sitting over there in the co-host chair. Judy, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing just fine, Dave. I'm really happy to be here and excited to do my first broadcast. Yeah, you looking comfortable over there in the chair? Uh, feeling pretty comfortable. <laughs> So we had a chance to talk a little bit, and I, I think they put your introduction on, on Chris's last show there. So I think the listeners have had a chance to catch up a little bit on you. But I thought we would just take a minute or two to catch up again a little bit. And Judy, uh, you live here in Florida. I do. I live in Punta Gorgeous, as we call it, Punta Gorda, <laughs> Florida. And just loving it here. Yeah, yeah. And you work at the VAC, you volunteer here as well, and now you're on the show. And it's wonderful. The VAC has created so many opportunities for me. It's great. I'm really happy that I uh, found it or that the VAC found me, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and well, found enough on the podcast show too, right? Well, yeah. Yeah, and I'm I'm excited to be working with you, Dave, and, and our guests as they come on the show. Yeah, yeah. And speaking of that, we've got a we got a great guest coming on the show, Steve Lineberry. And he's a photographer and uh, many, many other things. And we're going to have a chance to sit down and talk to him. He'll be here joining us in the studio in a second. So excited about that. You ready to start? I'm ready to start, Dave. Okay, then here we go. This is Partnership for the Arts. Come join us as we explore the worlds of art. You can find us on our Facebook page, Partnership for the Arts Group Talk Show. Or you can find all of our episodes on our new website, pftatalkshow.org. This show is recorded at the Visual Arts Center in Punta Gorda, Florida. Okay, welcome back. This is Judy, and uh, this is my first show. Yes. And Dave, I think I heard you mention that this is a special show because it's the right. 50th show of Partnership for the Arts. Yes, it is. Yes. Kind of a neat setup, too, because our 50th show, your first show, sitting there in the co-host chair, and uh, we've got a special guest coming on. I've been wanting to have him here on the show for a while. He is now in the studio with us, so why don't you do the intro? I'd love to. Our special guest today is Steve Lineberry. He's a photographer. And Steve, welcome to the show. Right, Steve. Welcome to the show. Well, hello. How you doing, Dave? Hi, Judy. Thanks for having me this afternoon. Really looking forward to chatting with you. And it's been something I've looked forward to for this month. So thanks yeah. for having me. Yeah, well, well uh, welcome, Steve. Welcome to the show. Good to have you here. Uh, We've known each other for a little while. You've been busy here at the VAC many, many times doing uh, photography and stills for a lot of the shows they've been doing. That's how we actually met. Yeah, and I really enjoyed when we met. I think we had uh, the studio set up and for our first headshots here of some of the artists, and you were kind enough to uh, help me get the uh, portable studio all set up with the lights. And yeah, we've had a great uh, relationship and always see each other here when when something's happening and we have the opportunity to photograph the events. A lot of great events going on here. And for me personally, it's an opportunity to meet artists from Mm -hmm. all over the United States with different uh, talents that I normally wouldn't meet unless uh, I do what I do. So yeah, it's been fun. Well, speaking of doing what you do, 
What do you do? <laughs> well, you know, that's real interesting. I had a career for 34 years in portrait photography, kind of oh. a real niche. It was high volume of photography, and by that I mean we would photograph a, a thousand families a month. It was for a program that's very successful, and unless uh, most people know about it, when we made yearbooks for churches. And okay. so we would go into a church, a large corporation, and had a whole program to photograph families in the church and then put them in a yearbook and names and faces together because that's the problem it solved that in a large congregation or even in a small congregation, people don't know who they're worshiping with. So it was an opportunity to put names and faces together. How we did that in photography was we photographed the families. They received this yearbook at no cost to them or to the church. And they had the opportunity to purchase portraits. And it worked out well. Ah, I mean, I okay. photographed hundreds of thousands of families since 1973 when I wow. started. And hundreds, probably thousands of churches across the United States. It's big business. The company that uh, I left, $200 million division of a $2 billion company. So it's big business, and it's an opportunity for families to have photos taken in a professional studio environment um, that doesn't exist anymore in the United States due to digital and cell phones okay. and so forth. Okay. So where was this? What did you do? I mean, you mentioned all over the United States. Yes, I started out, I uh, went to college, and then I um, actually uh, was looking through the classified ads back then. Uh, during the summer, between my junior and senior year, I wanted to get a summertime job and found this company uh, that uh, was hiring. I was 22 years old. And uh, so just last year, yes, really, not too long ago. <laughs> and went down to Atlanta. I was interviewed, uh, went through uh, the summer there. They didn't have anything in the small town in South Carolina where I was going to college, but then came back after college and stayed with that company all of the years until I retired about six years ago. Wow, so life long career there. It was great, and it gave me an opportunity in my niche of portrait photography uh, to really a travel the united states b meet a lot of great people and some of the stories there were just incredible and c i got to work with lots of photographers later on in my career as i became a trainer and a supervisor and manager and so forth but also gave me opportunity to travel all over the united states normally in small towns and in churches, but it was a great opportunity to see a side of, of life that I never would have gotten to see if I'd had an eight to five Monday through Friday sure. office job. Yeah, started out, out working out of Columbus, Ohio. So that's uh, I was in Columbus uh, with the Worthington area for about thirty some years, and then had the opportunity to uh, move. And that's how I ended up here. I was in Naples. I hadn't come to Florida very much at that time. And I was in Naples in 1999. It was uh, January. And I was working with some teams here in Southwest Florida. And I get a phone call. I got a page, probably. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a vice president who said, hey, we're changing the way we have our trainers. Because at the time, 
I was a national trainer. I was flying all over the United States. Steve, explain that to me. What do you mean a trainer? Well, I was training photographers. We had about 250 photographers, and I was, for about five years, the national trainer. And I would set up programs for the uh, photographers and then work through their managers. And we would hold seminars and on how to photograph these families in this in environment of doing 30 to 40 families a night. Wow. And so that's how I ended up in Naples, because I had an opportunity to make my own schedule. It's January. It's minus 18 in Columbus. So I came down here. <laughs> While I was down here, I got this uh, phone call, and they said, we're going to take your position and make it four positions so you don't have to go to California. I was going all over the United States. And he said, you can live anywhere from southwest Florida, uh, actually from Virginia Beach to New Orleans. Hindsight, probably business-wise, should have picked Atlanta. That would have been thousands of you know, people in churches in Atlanta. But it was so nice down here. <laughs> <laughs> so actually, I think I gave him that decision like within an hour. I just thought it was great. So I moved down here in uh, the last week of December 1999. Wow. Okay. So you you were traveling. You got to pick the city. Did you, I mean, did you pick Punta Gorda? Well, actually, my territory uh, was uh, southwest United States, and my main territory was Bradenton to Marco Island. Mm-hmm. And I would spend a lot of time, um, two or three weeks out of the month, in this area, southwest Florida area. And so I thought, you know, that's kind of far to finish up at 9, 9.30 at night and drive back to Bradenton from Marco Island. That's further south in the territory. So that's how I got to Punta Gorda, Port Charlotte. It was right in the middle. And it worked out really well. It has really been great. And it was fun and had a lot of fun. And was here with that company um, until I retired in 2012. So, Steve, say, how did you find the change of the technology as you went from, you know, film photography into the digital era? And well, it's interesting that you would bring that up. I was uh, started out with two and a quarter film cameras, twelve rolls, twelve exposures to the roll, and uh, black and white, which I thought was pretty interesting. We didn't have color directories back then, and uh, using a two and a quarter a Mamiya two twenty. I mean, just basic as you can get. And then, of course, in four to five weeks, families would then come back to the church and would look at their proofs and then order pictures from there. And so let me share with you what happened. In 1989, the company uh, invented an analog uh, camera prior to digital DSLRs. And what would happen is we would photograph families and then out of the hundred percent that we would photograph only about 30 percent would come back in four to five weeks to look at the proofs and four of to those, five weeks yeah because remember that's how long it would take right. so then of those families that looked at the proofs only about 10 to 15 percent would purchase photos which wasn't bad, but you know you wanted more families, so then they would keep going back, and eventually you would eventually get everyone, but they're looking at paper proofs. Mm. So digital comes along in 1989. It was analog then, and then morphed into digital. We would photograph 100%, and 100% would see their pictures. 
Now that was on a desktop screen. So you can imagine we had a desk, we had this huge camera. We had a desktop, uh, uh, we would carry around this desktop tower and then we would have a <laughs> screen to match to that. And you were like, where did we put all this stuff? In fact, when you hired someone, you didn't care about his uh, photography ability. You cared about what kind of vehicle he had to carry all this stuff. <laughs> Because you could train them to be the photographer. So then... As long as you uh, had the right vehicle. <laughs> that's right. So that's why when I retired, I bought a two-seater sports car as soon as I could because I had had the vans and the trucks and the Suburbans. So out of the... And that's a great question, Judy, because out of then, 100% of the people saw the pictures and 70 to 85% purchased the pictures. Wow. And from there, wow. the small company skyrocketed. And incomes for photographers went up um, all the way up the line. And so that's what I saw was the advantage of the technology at that time in uh, digital uh, photography. That's fantastic. It seems like people really are looking for instant gratification. And so if they get that feedback right away with Well, it's interesting you would bring that up okay. because we're photographing families. You had about 15 minutes per appointment. You had a whole series of uh, steps that the photographers were trained to. It was assembly line photography. However, in my opinion, the American public at that time did not want to spend the money nor take the time to do what it took to get these, what we called carriage trade, high price photography. So the digital part then, people would look at them and say, I really don't like my smile in that picture. Well. In the old days, if you were looking at paper proofs, there's not much you could do about it. And it might have also been a sales objection, too. Sure. But okay. now with digital, you can redo it. Smile a little bit more, smile a little bit less, look at it on the uh, laptop, and make uh, changes right there. So that was number one. Number two to digital or was the opportunity to touch up photos. Glass glare was always a problem. Uh, with the lights and so forth. You didn't know what kind of environment you were going to be in at the church. So yes, with digital, now you're able to actually push a button and, you know, change people's uh, looks real quick, <laughs> which some of them like. <laughs> and of course, you're only talking about getting rid of the red eye. That's all you're talking yes, about. Yes, yes, yes. The wrinkles, you know, the character lines you always want to keep there. But you know something, uh, I liked it for glass glare. Glass glare is a real problem in mm -hmm in the um, portraiture world at that time with the way the lights were set up and so forth. And then the other thing that was great was the cost. Here you're mailing back, actually at that time we would burn the images to a DVD. And you'd go down to the post office and you'd mail the DVD back. Now it's all done over the internet. Right. So, I mean, it just progresses, but boy, for so many years that, uh, that film was... Uh, it was something else, you know. You'd have to be careful not to be in a hurry and expose the whole roll and so forth. But the cameras were, were pretty interesting. I mean, we had one camera for we used for years that had a roll, a uh, 100-foot roll of film, 700 images. So you can imagine. How big was that? It was pretty big, and the hardest part was when you're in the changing bag back in the day, and you're putting that roll into the magazine, it was, you can't tell the difference between emulsion side and, you know, non-emulsion side, so you had to do a little 
test on that, but the camera had a, its own ID system, so that wasn't a problem. But you just had to be real careful with the 100-foot roll of film because 700 shots on a film, that might be two to three days' worth of work. Right, right. I was just thinking. And then I guess you, you, you don't miss all those nights in the stinky dark room, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, and we'll be right back. Wingate, author of Before We Were Yours, and today I've been enjoying Partnership with the Arts talk show. Okay, we are back, and we want to make sure that we thank Lisa Wingate, author of over 30 novels, and Before We Were Yours it is her latest one. We've mentioned it on the show before. New York Times bestseller for over a year. It's sold over a million copies now. And Judy, you were asking earlier how we met, and that was... In Books a Million in Birmingham, Alabama, went in to get a cup of coffee. Imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> we started our friendship there. So she came on the show, did that spot for us. We thank you for that, Lisa. And we are sitting here talking art with Steve Lineberry. He's a photographer. And Steve, Judy is going to take it from here because she promised me I could have another sip of my coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, as you were talking, my mind started to go back in a few years when I was working down in Fort Myers, and I was wondering, did you happen to do photography for the Seven Lakes community? I think they had a yearbook program for their oh. residents there. Was that you? <laughs> well, yes, Seven Lakes. <laughs> uh, great community. One of the things I found out when I moved here, a little bit later on in my career, I decided to and just work this area as a photographer sales rep and did not have to travel as much. I'd been, I traveled for about 20 some years and I thought, you know, that's been enough. So Seven Lakes was a community I called on and set the program up for because I found out that while there are many churches here, there's nothing like church, the number of churches you'll find in Atlanta, Chicago, St. Louis, those areas. So I supplemented that income with the HOAs, and Seven Lakes was one of those communities, and I enjoyed it. One, the reason I liked it is the residents of HOAs like Seven Lakes, they participate, and they would show up. We would have, it was great, we would have 95% of the people would show up for their photo. And they'd all, of course, have been photographed up north also. But it was fun. So yeah, Seven Lakes, I know right where it is. I remember the residents, they'd be so excited to uh, make their appointment for their photos. Some of them brought their dogs with mm -hmm. them. And um, <laughs> some actually wore maybe some costumes. It's interesting you talk about what people wore. I noticed when I came to Florida, the uh, wardrobe is a little bit different of course the florida look so i could always tell when it was a special anniversary photo like a 50th anniversary photo because they'd be dressed up mm -hmm. the guy would have <laughs> yeah. on a tie and a coat and a suit she would look great and the not, wife not would in look the great. sandals and, and you know you could always shorts, tell huh? and i'd be like hey you having an anniversary a special anniversary this year and i guess you know and so yeah, Seven Lakes uh, was a was a good account. I enjoyed it, and and uh, it's a nice area. I, I would assume that it's still booming down there. In They're still booming, and uh, and it's a small world. It's funny that we would meet here. I want to see the yearbook picture, Judy. <laughs> <laughs> 
Now, back in the day, you didn't have uh, cell phones to take selfies and photos with like <laughs> you do now. But many of the folks, like at the communities or in the churches, they love those yearbooks because A, it captured a moment in time, mm -hmm. and B, there were photos there of their friends that they you normally wouldn't wouldn't have available. Or HOAs like Seven Lakes or churches, uh, the books become a, a good keepsake. Right, right. I know the residents did enjoy that. So, I wanted to ask you, Steve, since we're talking about your photography, how'd you get started? I mean, did you start at a very young age? Well, now that I'm 68, it's <laughs> <laughs> pretty young. No, I was a junior in high school, and I became interested in photography through the yearbook. I signed up for the yearbook committee, didn't know too much about it at the time, and they had a couple of 35 millimeter cameras there. So I grabbed one and I, and I was doing the yearbook photos. I look back on them now, I mean, they were overexposed and <laughs> black and white. But So that's how I got started with yearbook. And then at the same time, I was on the radio. I got a job at 16 there in uh, Beckley, West Virginia, working at a radio station as an announcer. And I got that job by being in the speech club and then was fortunate enough to go to West Virginia University for a speech contest of the high schools. And I actually won that for a radio announcer. So I, got, wow. I had that opportunity and I kind of put the two together. I mentioned I like both, so I wanted to do uh, TV news. So that's what I went to college for, uh, cinematography, mm. which was kind of cool back then. You know, it's with anything like it is now, of course. Right, sure. So then I, I got that job between my junior and senior year in college doing photography for this company, and I really liked it. And then just kept it and kind of grew with the company. It was pretty small for a while, and then it really took off when digital came along. And you were saying that the, the two owners that started the company? They were amazing, and I think what happened there was neither of them, they were in their 20s, was in the late 60s. They weren't much older than I was. And uh, they liked photography. They were from Kentucky, and at the time they were in Mansfield, Ohio working. Them. One of them was doing baby pictures on his own, and uh, the, his neighbor, a pastor, asked him to do a yearbook of his families. And that was in 1963, 64, and in 1995, they sold that company for $100 million. They Amazing. started that company with $500. Only in America, right? Right. There you so go. So I joined them in 73, not knowing they'd only been in business 10 years. I was, and uh, so I kind of grew with them and really enjoyed it. And then when they sold the company, uh, they sold it to this mega company, LifeTouch, that did not have a division for photography, for church directories. So they leaned on a lot of the older, when I say older, more experienced people and that's how I was able to uh, kind of grow with that company. So that's how I got started. Your book photography is uh, is a great way to start. Wow, who knew, right? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well, you know, I, I was doing photography part-time. I was down in Naples uh, photographing on the sidelines of a football game and I thought, 
this was like 40 years later, and I thought, well, this hasn't changed too much. The cameras have changed, but still ducking the runners and standing <laughs> on the sidelines, but it was kind of fun. That sounds like it was a wonderful experience for you to be able to develop as the company grew, and you got to experience lots of areas in the United States. And then lots of interesting people. Well, you know what was interesting? It was such a new uh, business. I didn't realize it at the time, but... Um, as in any business, there are growing pains in an industry. And so our biggest competitor, and people are familiar with the Olin Mills uh, mm -hmm. company. It's interesting, our company ended up buying Olin Mills years later. Oh. But yeah, but so a lot of growing pains there, but it was that kind of business. But I enjoyed it. But it's such an experience, a great experience. I met people, you would never know who the next appointment was. It might be a little lady who's uh, got her family there and they're doing four generation shots. And then it might be the, the mayor in town. And so I had the opportunity to meet so many people. And then when I photographed in the DC area for a few years, wow, you really get to meet some interesting political people there. I'm, I'm curious, Steve, who were some of the people you met in DC? Well, back in the day, I, uh, I don't know how many people might remember these uh, gentlemen, but Senator Strom Thurmond came in with his family. Sure, at church. yeah. And I, you know, 10, 15 minutes, they got the same treatment as everybody else, <laughs> in and out. And then, uh, how many would you like? Uh, I met, I photographed the director of the IRS one time. That was pretty interesting. Mm. And uh, then, of course, um, oh gosh, this gentleman's name escapes me. He was a senator from Tennessee. And he came in with his mom, who was that? And he was on the Watergate committee. That shows you how far back wow. I go. And he was uh, interested in photography and did photography. So I remember standing there in the church lobby and talking with him about photography, just like, you know, had no clue. He was a senator and until someone told me. So I just had an opportunity to meet a lot of great people that I normally wouldn't have met, like I said, if I'd worked eight to five somewhere in an office. So it's been fun. But I tell you, the technology, who would think you could use your phone to take a 12 megabyte picture? No kidding. No, no kidding. <laughs> and then touch it up on your phone. Yeah. Well, the phones are amazing, but I think what's interesting about it is people love to take photographs and they like to be in the picture as well. And you'll see people scroll through their galleries and every time they look at a shot, it brings back a memory of something. Photography is kind of special that way. You know, people like to share those photographs and, and it's important in their lives. Well, I really believe that. And I remember I was in Pittsburgh and this little lady came up to me right after I had an appointment. She was waiting in the lobby and she said, you took our picture several months ago and I just wanted to come up and thank you because uh, not long after that picture, we lost him. He passed away. Mm -hmm. So I appreciate the opportunity. And, and she said, I'll cherish that picture forever. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it's more than just uh, images on a phone or, or picture hanging on the wall. It's, it's something that people will look back and, you know, it freezes a moment in time. We really had an opportunity to, to photograph a lot of those folks. Yeah. Did you focus primarily on people in your photography? Yes. People, they walk into my house. I don't have any bird pictures up. They go, why uh, don't I 
don't you take bird photos? I go, well, I've never had a bird buy a photo. And uh, <laughs> so, no, I appreciate those guys that can do that. But it's all niches. And that's another thing I like about photography. It's a niche. And um, I used to hire wedding photographers because they knew how to work under pressure, have backup equipment, keep their equipment working, uh, be on time, stay as late as they had to, and keep a pleasant personality. And that's what's the kind of person I was looking for. And I thought that was a great niche, that wedding photography. I enjoyed hiring photographers who did nothing but baby photos and would you know work hour after hour in, in JCPenney Studios or Walmart Studios or Sears Studios. And I appreciated that, but it's a niche. So I never looked down on any photographers, regardless of of their ability and what they were photographing. Obviously, you know, photographers that, that work in the fashion industry make hundreds of thousands of dollars and others that do stock photography. But it's all a niche and, and if you're comfortable and successful in that niche, then, you know, great. You had mentioned earlier that, you know, you you were you could edit like the red eye out or glare on the glasses. Paint but, it out. But you kept the character lines. Yeah. And I think that's really cool because that's what people are all about, their character. You know, for me personally, I could tell when families were really fun. Just, and and you have to remember as far as individuals, I, I photographed thousands of people, 30 to 40 a night. And um, so, but I like families that would come in, you could just tell they were Grandma and Grandpa would be there for a, a photo of, of all the grandkids, and everybody's having fun, and you know that I think interesting. I would try to learn a little bit about them. I really enjoyed coming to Florida and meeting the successful people in the HOAs, Naples, well, all over Florida. They're very successful, and it was fun to learn about how they succeeded in their business. And you'd have to be kind of careful. I didn't want to ask too many personal questions about their life as far as business. But I learned how they got started. Some of them started in their basements or in their garage. And now they've, you know, it was just interesting to learn about their background. And uh, I would usually say, hey, how'd you end up in Naples? And it's a pretty nice place. Oh, well, you know, we had... 10 flower shops in our county or something you'd be like wow and and uh, so you know I would say interesting using that adjective it would have to be those type of, of folks do you have any favorite moments so to speak uh, moments um, I think photographing my children was pretty good <laughs> right there with the camera uh, yeah that would be kind of fun um, I photographed I remember I was like, I set up all the equipment in my family's garage one time, photographed my mom and dad, who I very seldom saw because I traveled so much and never seemed to live really close to them. So that was kind kind of neat. But as far as uh, uh, favorite people, just, you know, it was fun. I just met so many. Had the gift of gab, was able to talk to them for at least five minutes. And, uh, but I think... You know, I, I photographed people that they'd have, I remember one time a family came in with uh, triplets who had Down syndrome. Mm. And I thought that was really unusual. 
I worked real hard to get a good photo of those. I remember it was three boys. So I learned a lot about about families and and so forth. So it was more than just taking pictures. It was also interacting. Right. Just wondering maybe who's the most interesting person or persons that you've photographed? As far as famous people go, I used to have a Facebook site. I took it down. Famous people have met me. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so I, I used to have a, oh, quite a few photos because I remember one time I was in photographing a church in Orlando, First Presbyterian Church, and they were having a banquet that evening. And they go, hey, would you take some photos while you're here of the banquet? And I go, sure. And uh, Shaquille O'Neal was there. Oh, and wow. you remember, that was his first team that he started That's to play true. for. That's and right. his owner went to that church. So I was never one. I felt real comfortable taking the pictures and not getting in the picture. You know, I was, <laughs> I, Here I, was I real, am. <laughs> yeah, I was always, because, but yet I thought, you know, that'd be kind of cool. And then... Another uh, sports figure that I photographed, actually I got to spend the day with him. Someone uh, hired me to photograph and, and go with him all day around Indianapolis, and that was Tony Dungy. He wow. was uh, retired from coaching at that time and had a, probably still does, a group called Pro Dads. And so I photographed him interacting and actually just sort of, you know, Photographed all day, people he met, mm -hmm. and, and so forth, and that was kind of fun. And then uh, on the streets of Punta Gorda, uh, this was really cool. Uh, met the President of the United States, and that was pretty interesting. Um, Hurricane Charlie had hit on Friday. I was real active in the United Methodist Church downtown Punta Gorda First Church. Seven o'clock in the morning, went down to see how the church had survived, if it had. And I was standing there. there, was another young kid on the sidewalk, and there was only two of us around. And downtown Punta Gorda on Olympia Street had been destroyed, if you recall, if you were there. And all of a sudden, 10 Suburbans pull up, and out steps the President of the United States. Oh, wow. And I thought, this is amazing. And so what happened was, he walks up to this young man and I, and introduces himself, like, you know, who are you? <laughs> and I thought, I'm going to talk to him as long as they let me. And I thought what was unusual, it was uh, President Bush, his brother Jeb was there, and the White House photographer. I, the Secret Service, or whoever those people are, they were in a big perimeter, I noticed, but they, they weren't right next to us. There was only us four, I think. Hmm. And so I talked to him for about 20 minutes, just everything I could think of. And he was very gracious. Well, the, the um, photographer's taking pictures at right. this time. And they probably do that for security, too. And so a few weeks go by, and Pastor John Bryant from the church called me and said, Hey, listen, we've got some photos here of you and the President of the United States. And they had sent all these photos to the church and said, basically, if you know any of these folks, here are their pictures. Wow. So I scanned that one and put it on the famous people who've met me page. <laughs> that was pretty cool. So I have to ask, I mean, you're there. 
the president is there. So what did you talk about? Well, he had just, uh, first thing I asked him was, was Gasparilla okay? Because, you know, they stay at the Gasparilla Inn. Mm. And he said, yeah, they had flown over that. And uh, it looked like it had survived. And then we talked, I asked him about, uh, you know, he had, on 9-11, he had stood on the rubble there with that fireman. Right. And then I said to him, you know, Mr. President, it's unusual, but only 45 minutes from here is where the terrorists were trained. And he goes, yeah, and he was in Sarasota. Right. And so we talked about that a little bit. He then mentioned something that I'll always remember, and I thought this was amazing. He said, and this um, young man standing right next to me, and of course I've got it on my Facebook page, um, he said, we're going to see that, you know, you all rebuild. I'm like, okay, good. <laughs> and he said, I had a gentleman whose business was destroyed by a tornado in Kansas. And he goes, I told him he's going to rebuild. He's, he's going to, you're going to make it. And he goes, I don't know, Mr. President, he's telling the story. He said, I, I know we're gonna make, you're going to make it. You're going to rebuild. You're going to be successful. That's what the president said to him. And he said, I, I don't think so. And then he said, so a couple years after that tornado, he called me at the White House. And I went out to see him, and we had dinner in his restaurant. I go, wait a minute, wait a minute, Mr. President. He called you at the White House? Huh? Does that really happen? He goes, yeah. <laughs> So what kind of broke it up was the young man said, wow, you look pretty hot. And of course, it was August, what, 15th? Yeah. And uh, he goes, well, let me tell you, whether I'm here or in the White House, it's pretty hot. And I thought that was a pretty pretty cool comeback. This is another thing. Uh, Some young girl came out and asked him for his autograph. And he goes, I don't touch any pens. I thought that was pretty interesting. I was standing right there. And... He pulls out a clickable Sharpie, which I had never seen a clickable Sharpie. You know, this was, what, 2004? Sure. I'd never seen one. He pulls it out, clicks it, and signs his name. And this was really interesting. She showed me what he signed, and it was her Allstate ins- home insurance bill that she had just gotten. And her house was destroyed. So I thought this whole, <laughs> I thought this whole morning was surreal. No kidding. Yeah, I thought it was. And so then I left, walked away. Other people started coming out, and I learned this, and those black Suburbans, two of them are filled with the meanest-looking Marines you've ever seen. So even though it looked like he was pretty casual around with people, he's well-protected at all times. Right. Well, yeah, especially 9-11 and everything else happening then, too. But that's that's incredible. Isn't that a cool story that's for downtown Punta Gorda? For downtown Punta Gorda. I've milked that every year for about 15 years now. That, that's a good story, though. Yeah. It really It actually is. happened. You can't make that up to be just standing there and at 7 in the morning. Here comes the President of the United States. And I guess, that's Dave, that's how they uh, they do the security. You don't know he's around, so you just show up. Right. No announcement, of course. Yeah. But I, I just find it interesting that... We're talking to a photographer, and he's got a picture of him talking to the president. And, uh, yeah, that I didn't take. That's pretty interesting. I probably would have had it overexposed or something, been so nervous. Yeah, so that's kind of fun. And and I thought, boy, what a great uh, job that would be to be the president's photographer. There you go. Oh, yeah. There you go. Hey, Steve, you can do that when you retire. <laughs> you know, because they say Reagan was photographed with two million people. Did you say two million? Uh, Reagan, I'm, if you read it, and 
I believe the information is in eight years, he was photographed with two million people. That's incredible. That's incredible. Well, we're going to hold it on that note right, right. there with photography and presidents, and we're going to take another break, and we'll be back in just a minute. I'm Robert Richard, wood sculptor, and I listen to Partnership for the Arts talk show. Okay, we are back, and we want to make sure we thank Bob Richard for that spot. Again, Bob Richard is a wood art sculptor. He was on the show a while back. He's done some uh, beautiful large artwork. One of them is The Wave that is at the Botanical and Sculpture Garden here in Punta Gorda. So you make sure you go and check that work out, and you can find him on the website there as well. So we are sitting here in the last part of the show with Steve Lineberry photographer, a few other things that we've been talking about history-wise. Uh, now we got some other stuff we're going to cover as I get another sip of coffee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, you told us that you're retired and yet we see you around and about town. So tell us what you're doing now that you're in Punta Gorda. Well, I retired six years ago and decided I gave him my retirement notice in April, but didn't retire till December. So I thought a lot about it and decided to open up a small photography business and started with a photography event business. Had a friend of mine who's very successful in Maryland whose niche is car shows. And when it's too cold to do the car shows in Maryland, he does lots of events like ice skating teams and during the season basketball teams and so forth. So we talked a lot about it and I thought, you know, that might be kind of fun to do. And so I opened up that business, Premier Photographic Events. I don't know how successful I was going to be, but I was going to have a good name <laughs> instead of Steve's photos, you know. So I uh, started this event business talking about digital photography at the time. I was able to photograph these events and then print out the pictures and they'd take them home immediately because, as you mentioned, uh, the immediacy, people like that, that immediacy. And so I photographed lots of events here in Charlotte County. In fact, just stay in Charlotte County and have been real fortunate to have built up that business. And we photograph also for Florida Weekly, a weekly, obviously, publication. Florida Weekly, uh, not being a daily, doesn't do really cool candidates and then, you know, put captions underneath. Uh, we do the what I call grip and grin where people win awards or they're at a golf tournament we might do 10 or 12 foursomes just to let people know they're, we were there we're covering this event and uh, so I've been doing that for about six years. Yeah. We've seen you plenty of times at the VAC again we had mentioned earlier. Uh, Same thing. Yeah, we Battle of the brushes. Yeah, battle yeah. of the brushes. Now what I was able to do there was not only grip and grin, fun photos there, but also the headshots of the artists and the uh, celebrity artists. Mm -hmm. So we set up the portable studio, just like back in the day with the churches. And then we just do a lot of events. I did six events last Saturday, from a golf tournament to up with Mike Riley and the Boogeyman uh, and his 150th charity concert. Wow. So that was just on Saturday. So it's a lot of fun to photograph the, those events. The second hardest part of it, in my opinion, is the editing that you have to do to get it ready for the photos and for the paper. Okay, Steve, now I'm going to embarrass you here because I wanted to bring up the fact that all of this work you've done 
with the sun over the years uh, hasn't gone unnoticed. Uh, we've been voted uh, eight times uh, Charlotte's Sun Readers Photographer of the Year. That's kind of cool. Congratulations. And then just a couple yeah. of months ago, we got the small uh, Charlotte County Chamber Business Award of the Year. Fantastic. So, yeah, I mean, you can't get much smaller than one guy. <laughs> <laughs> and Judy and I were talking about this before the show. Uh, Steve, you just recently got another new title with your job, correct? And I've, I'm the official photographer for the Charlotte, now Punta Gorda Symphony. Mm -hmm. Congratulations on that as well. And what else do I do? <laughs> uh, real estate, I enjoy that. I do Port Charlotte Little League uh, photos. So that's my little niche. If, if it's people and they're having an event, uh, we can pretty much get it covered and, and have fun doing it. I don't charge as much as I probably should, but uh, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> Someone said, well, I'll give you an example. I photographed Julie Mathis, who oh. is leaving as executive director for the Charlotte County Chamber of Commerce. Mm -hmm. She had a special proclamation at the county commissioner's day today. So while I was there, Donna Barrett, whose brother was receiving a same kind of award, CDBIA, she goes, would you take a picture of my brother getting the award? And I go, sure. So I took his picture. And then Roger Eaton, who's the county clerk of courts, mm -hmm. said, I've got 15 people getting recognition awards today. Will you do a group photo? So I go, sure, no problem. So I've kind of trained them to ask me, but, you know, not to expect a bill. <laughs> but it's kind of fun. Because here's what I'm going to tell you. Even though many of those events I don't charge or get paid for, someone will come up to me and say, hey, will you do my family Christmas photo? Or will you do X for us? So I always am able to, you know, I give a little with some free photos. And you get a lot back. Yeah. And you get a lot back. And the same thing happened just recently. Mike Riley won an award for the Punta Gorda Rotary. Uh, right. And so while I was there, someone came up and asked me to photograph the real estate uh, home. So, yeah, it all kind of works out. It's just a small income stream. And, and just when you thought, how could he possibly do anything else? <laughs> There's a couple other hats you wear. Yeah, then I wear a hat with the media marketing director for the Florida International Air Show right. with the Thunderbirds, and I enjoy doing that. I work on 12 different businesses' Facebook pages, so that's kind of fun. Facebook, but social media is the only way to go. And I really, you know, you know what it's like. Sure. You've got thousands of listeners off Facebook. And uh, well, so yeah. I, I we just we just hit sixty six k sixty six thousand. Yeah. How incredible that's is amazing. that yeah. through the website? Yeah. yeah, and that's the only ones that we can actually track when it goes. The art correspondence shared around the world or in the country over here, we have no way of tracking that. But but anyway, yeah, I agree with you. Social media, mm -hmm. social media. So I photograph uh, that, and now I'm getting into working on those pages, doing video, which is easy to do. Uh, with the DSLRs and uh, some of the programs out there. So retirement, uh, I think, is, I shouldn't use that word. It's, um, last year we photographed uh, over 250 events and probably, I uh, can't even remember, thousands of people. I think I've done almost 300,000 people 
Um, and that's not like going to the stone crabs and photographing the stadium. The group, right. I have a program that actually isolates each face, and it tells me the number. Wow. And uh, so that's been that's been kind of fun, too. So if I'd gotten a dollar for each one of those uh, faces, that'd be great, but not really. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm on some boards, and mm, yes. uh, I enjoy that. Okay, so let me ask you a question. Out of all of that, and again, ladies and gentlemen, we've just touched the tip of the iceberg on some of the things Steve does here. But out of all those and everything you're doing, what would you say is the funnest one you do? I think... One of the most fun things I do is on uh, Punta Gorda. I enjoy working with the symphony. That's so much fun because that's out of my comfort zone. I don't know the music. And, you know, so I learn a lot with the maestro while I'm sitting there taking his photo. Right, right. Yeah, and I just thought of that. We, we've ran into each other there a couple of times because I've been there for performances. But yeah. That's got to be a cool job. That is so much fun. And I wish they had the house lights up a little bit more, but <laughs> I want to use flash. Not thinking so of bad. that photographer. Kind I, of. I'm a. I use flash. I don't even. I don't care. I'm not really. I'm trying to, you know. It, it's. I have as much fun at the afterglow party at FM Don's as I do at the symphony. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Those are some fun parties. <laughs> mm. Okay. I just had to get a sip of my coffee. <laughs> So, okay, Steve, out of all of that, what was the first thing you got involved in here in Southwest Florida? I mean, did you know anyone down here? When I first came down here, I did not know anyone. And uh, I did not know one person when I moved to Southwest Florida that I just didn't know anybody. And so I immediately was uh, joined the Sunrise Kiwanis. I didn't even know what Kiwanis was. This guy that asked me to join had explained it to me because I traveled. Mm. So I was gone for years, never had an opportunity to do service clubs and so right, forth. No place to put roots, so to speak. Yeah, and so I joined uh, Sunrise Kiwanis, and I've really enjoyed being a member of that. And, of course, I do all their photography. So photography has been fun. It's a niche that I enjoy in my little world, and I just have a lot of fun. Wow. Sounds like it's kind of a, a two-way thing in that you give people enjoyment when they see their photographs that you've produced, but that it's also open doors for opportunities for you to um, be at events and meet interesting people and, and do lots yeah, of fun so things right. yourself. And the thing is, I, I couldn't have done all that I've done now if it hadn't been for that church directory career. Oh, there you go. Because... When you're given a list of photos to take on a Sunday morning, and one of them is a 100-member choir, and they give you 10 minutes, you're like, really? <laughs> so now when I walk into a group and they've got 30 or 40 people, it's, it's not that you know harrowing to me as might be to a new, new person. And the digital photography has a real lot of competition. People buy a nice camera, put it on automatic, and can take some dynamite pictures. Right. Right, and you know, uh, you can certainly take a lot more than you used to without all those rolls of film. Isn't that great? <laughs> I live in I live yeah. in fear though that I'm going to lose that SM card <laughs> that's got 700 photos. So I'm always downloading it, always downloading back it, up, it, back it up, back up, back up, putting it in the cloud, putting it on a hard drive, back up, having it in the computer. 
I know one photographer who I really like. She's a great lady, but I don't think she's ever raised an SM card. She just goes, puts a couple thousand shots on one, goes, buys another one. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you live in fear that you're going to hit format and you're done. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be my luck. <laughs> well, it- Believe me, we feel your pain. We we we've we've had some issues through the through the years recording shows. We just we just actually re released one. We called it the lost episode because during backup, the uh, the software failed, and we lost the show. And it took us four months to recover the show. So we we've had our share. Of <laughs> oh, when it happen. comes to technology, let me tell you. I just bought last year, maybe a year and a half ago, a six thousand dollar camera body, Canon. 5D and uh, used, of course, because I didn't have 12000 to buy a new one. And I bought this camera, and man, it worked great. Full frame, sharp, sharp pictures. And so I go to this event. I've got a backup camera, an 80D. But I go to this event, and I turn it on, and the, the screen, the little screen in back, is completely white. Completely oh, white. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I'll just turn it off and on and reboot it, right? So it didn't work. And uh, so I thought, you know, I'm going to go ahead and use it because it's like photographing with film, correct? But really isn't. And in my opinion, so I've got this beautiful camera that I'm going to send in, which I know is going to cost me almost as much to fix as, you know, how these screens are. So you can imagine. (laughs) So technology, while it can really be a blessing, can also be a curse. It's great when it works. <laughs> a challenge, right? I guess now they don't even have. You know, they have. Everyone asks me, "Do you have a mirrorless camera?" And I don't. Because that to me. yeah, well, mirrorless. You know, now it's a DSLR. Is uh, you know, it's like a thirty-five millimeter, but the mirror goes up and takes the picture. Oh, okay, okay, up. gotcha. But now they have mirrorless digital cameras. But I thought, being retired, I'm hoping not to do this a whole lot longer. I didn't want to invest in a lot of new equipment. Let that, let that go to the younger groups behind us. Gotcha. So I can't imagine what's going to be around the corner. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. I'm, I'm still amazed with the, as I call it, the uh, Dick Tracy watch. You know. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I spent. With you know, that phone. <laughs> they did that back, and they made, they created that back in the twenties. You know. <laughs> the and and, and we thought that will never happen, right. didn't we? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, just speaking of technology, I remember growing up and, you know, watching the original Star Trek series. And I'm going, boy, wouldn't that be great to live in a place where you had that kind of technology? I'm just never going to see it. (laughs) Well, you know, it's interesting. I'll be photographing a group and I'll be in an event and I'll take it back and I'll edit it in Lightroom and make sure it looks good and so forth. But right next to me is usually somebody with a cell phone. And, uh, or if I was at the uh, school board and they had a special event of all the kids up there for something. And so I'm photographing all these kids and I look behind me and about 40 parents have their cell phones out. And I'm thinking, maybe I ought to just use a cell phone and edit it on my app. And, uh, because I'll take it back, edit it, put it in. And that person standing next to me, they'll have it on Facebook and like, a second. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> and just before we wrap up, is there anything else you'd like to add? No, really. Uh, I think uh, since you are part of the Visual Arts Center, I've had uh, great success. 
photographing here. Everyone is so nice. I learned real quick when I go out to these galleries, some of these shows that they have, you know, at Lashley Park. I always ask permission. Some, right. Someone tipped yes. me off on that, and which I had no clue. And so now I ask the artists, and occasionally I'll get a no, but I always go, well, that's why I ask. Right. And so I've always appreciated I know it's been kind of fun. I photographed Jill Lindsay. Yes. She was brand new at her craft of whatever she does. Alcohol Inks. Alcohol Inks. And she was like uh, up and coming. I remember photographing. Mm -hmm. That was kind of a phrase they used. Yeah. Now, what, three, only three to four years later, I photographed her with the winner of the uh, Fun Arts Festival, right. yep. Battle of the Brushes. Right. Yeah. So as far as Visual Arts Center goes, it's kind of fun to photograph and then just kind of be there and watch them. And then a little bit later, a few years later, you photograph them and they're at the top of their profession just like that. And it's been, that's the kind of thing I really enjoy. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah. And Jill's won plenty of awards in between there. And, you know, and Kit Moran, same way. Mm -hmm. uh, she's she's up, came up, started, and she's won plenty of awards as well there. Yeah, so. and I know when I first came down here, I heard her sing. Mm -hmm. I didn't know she was an artist. So then I retired and, you know, got into this uh, business and photographed her, you know, I believe, at the Wyvern. Is that you guys? Yep. Mm -hmm. yep. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know that she uh, had that talent, and it was kind of exciting to... Uh, yeah. This. Little little tidbit on Kit there. She worked for Merv Griffin. Oh, really? So she sang with Berbacharach and all oh, those awesome. names like that in Atlantic City. There you go. And just one more little tidbit. She is going to be performing third annual surprise <laughs> birthday party this coming year, March 14th, actually, uh, Saturday, here at the Visual Arts Center. So there you go. I did not know that. Oh, you didn't? No. Okay, yeah. Exactly. And she's a playwright as well. She's written several plays. She's working on the next one now. Well, I was going to mention I'm the executive uh, director, producer for Comedy for a Cause Improv. Well, of course you are. <laughs> <laughs> and she's going to be at CPAC mm -hmm. uh, later this season. So I thought, well, that's pretty cool. Yeah, there you go. So a lot of talent, and I've enjoyed as far as Visual Arts Center. Uh, photographing and working with the folks here so and that's just think about that in my business that's just one little niche of people I get to meet exactly yeah. so yeah. it's been fun I've said that a lot but it has been fun <laughs> <laughs> well you have definitely met a lot of uh, people that I could say that I don't think most people have so before we wrap up how about some contact info if somebody wanted to get in touch with you where would they do it well they can uh, call me on my cell 941-626-0551 Premier Photographic Events at gmail.com. And uh, then, of course, my Facebook page, Steve Lineberry dash photographer. And uh, that's probably the best way. I get, I get a lot of business through Messenger on Facebook, so that's pretty interesting. And I send a lot of the photos out, Messenger on Facebook. Oh, that, amazing. Okay. Yeah. That they can just, yeah. social media, you don't need that high megabyte, so you just, you know, can send it out. But that'd be the best way. Okay. All right. Good. Good deal. Good stories. Lots of good time, Steve. We appreciate you being on the show. I just want to really thank you all for having me. I was uh, not really sure what to expect. We had discussed it right. over the past couple of months, but I wasn't really uh, 
didn't know what to expect. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, no, it's been fun, Steve. Hey, I appreciate it. I got to go back in time a little bit to things that I haven't thought about in a while, and, and uh, I enjoy it. Thank you so much yeah. for having me. Thank yeah, you, I Judy. enjoyed it as well, yeah. Yeah, maybe next time I'm down in Seven Lakes, I'll have to photograph you again. Oh, well, I'm, <laughs> I'm retired now, oh, but okay. uh, yeah, that, was, that was a few years back, but <laughs> I remember you. <laughs> That's incredible. Okay, so we are out of time, so we're going to wrap up our 50th show. That's fantastic, and, yeah. and I'm so happy that I was a part of the 50th show, Dave. That's right. Your first show on the 50th show. Pretty good deal there. Pretty good combination. That's right. So. That's right. Judy, you have a good day. Thank you, Dave, and you as well. And Steve, I enjoyed uh, meeting you and talking to you in Thank person. Thank you so much. Right. right. And uh, again, congrats on your first show as well. Thank you. I think we survived okay. <laughs> we did good. You did good. She's and pretty smooth, isn't she? She's good. Did a good she's job. good. It's, it's great to have you over there on the show, Judy. I'm blushing. You guys are too generous. <laughs> well, you just blush on while we end up in wrapping up the show because I know we're out of time because I'm out of coffee. <laughs> so if you want to be on the show or if you want to be an art correspondent for the show, you can go to our website, fill out that form. We'll take a look at it. We'll get back with you and see if we can't work something out. So, with that being said, everyone, thank you again for listening to Partnership for the Arts, where we talk art. And we'll catch up with you on the next show. Thanks for listening to the Partnership for the Arts talk show. 